Good? All right. All right, so we're now on, uh, who, who doesn't, did you guys remember to bring your, your little sheets of paper? Did anyone bring them? <laughs> oh, you lost your church bag, some excuse. All right, who needs one? All right, you better not lose that one, that's the last one you'll get. You need one? Okay, I'm kidding, Meredith. Anyone else, you two? Yeah, you guys weren't here last week. Do you guys have yours, or you're just too ashamed to admit it? <laughs> All right, please, yeah, please try to bring these back. And uh, we're, we're now on the fifth membership now. Um, so, and I, you know, I keep saying that I'm going to do something different or special on the last class. What I'm, I'm going to do is, uh, is I'm actually going to give my testimony of faith. So I'm going to profess faith to you. Uh, and I hope that will be an encouragement and an example to you of what it is to profess faith. Uh, so, and you guys can ask me questions if you want. So we're going to keep it really simple. Um, but we have one more vow to cover, and that is the fifth vow. So let me read that to you. The fifth vow has to do with the church, the importance of the local church. In other words, that you as a Christian, you're saying when you profess faith, I'm a Christian, that you understand the importance of the local church. So here's what it says. Do you promise that to participate faithfully in the, in the church's worship and service? And that means this church's worship and service, because you would be joining this church to submit in the Lord to its government and to heed its discipline, even in case you should be found delinquent in doctrine or life. Uh, so it really is two elements, which I'll get to at the very end. So let me ask you this question. We're talking about the local church. The lo- Calvary is a local church. We can speak of the church and we're talking about the whole church, which includes every, every church through every age, um, the church, or we're talking about the local church, which is just Calvary, the church here, the building you're in right now and the people who occupy it. So let me ask you this question. The Christian life, which we described in, in the fourth session as a life of a continual pursuit of, of godliness, um, a forsaking of the world, and the New Testament, as you're reading it, I hope, is telling you to pursue this kind of life. It, do, does the New Testament describe that life being lived out as an individual or in terms of a whole community of believers? That's a question. I'll ask it again. In the, new, the, the Christian life, the last lesson, the fourth lesson... When the New Testament is telling us to live the Christian life, pursuing God, forsaking sin, does it tell us to do that as an individual, or does it tell us to do that in a community of believers? Which one? Yes, William. Right. And what's another word for community of believers? Grace. The church. That's it. So, one of the things... And I'm I'm going to repeat myself later on in the lesson. But one of the things that you recognize as a Christian who's seeking to live the Christian life is that you're meant to live the Christian life in a community of believers, not on your own. It's not a lone a lone ranger affair. It's something that you do in the presence of other people, of other Christians. So then let me ask you this question. What is a church? Well, what is a true church? And why would I put it like that? What is a true church? Think about this. Not the easiest thing to answer, but see if anyone can figure out why I said that. What is a true church? Why did I put it like that? Yes, Ellie. 
Right. There are some churches that are not true churches. Right. There are some churches that you say, these people aren't real Christians. (laughs) They don't preach the Bible. They just read a newspaper article and preach a sermon from that. There's actual churches like that. So a true church. We recognize that we want to be involved in a true church. But what is a true church? Well, I've already said that a true church is a community of believers. It's where real Christians are, right? Not people who pretend to be. You you go into some churches and, and you realize, I don't think these people are actually saved. You want to be in a church of, light, uh, of people who are saved just like you, because only a real Christian can help you in your own Christianity. So it's a community of believers. It's the household and the family of God. That's what the New Testament calls it. So it's like a family. We call uh, believers in the New Testament brothers and sisters, don't we? Now, we don't, I don't walk around saying, hey, Brother Jonathan. <laughs> Some churches will do that. But sometimes they'll say, brother, and then, and then exhort or admonish or encourage Um, So we are brothers and sisters in Christ. We are the household and family of God. A church, according to the New Testament, the word church is actually ekklesia. That's the the Greek word. Can anyone tell me what ekklesia means? It's okay if you don't know. I'd be very impressed if any of you knew that. It means an assembly or a gathering. Well, what do we do on Sunday? We assemble or we gather. Don't we? That's right. That's what a church is. It's a gathering of whom? Of believers. To worship God, right? So it's the place that you worship God. That's another thing churches. We don't come here to watch videos or play video games. Or I mean, we did have game night, but that wasn't really church. That was just something fun. Church is when you come together to worship God with other believers. So it's an ecclesia. A church also involves a government. This is something that comes out in the fifth vow. The fact that we have, we have certain officers in the church. Can anyone name some of those officers? Yes, Darren. Deacon, Deacon that was easy. Uh, <laughs> yes, Ellie. Let's get the other one. Elders. That's right. There's a governmental structure. There's also a minister. And so a church isn't just a gathering of believers, but it's a gathering of believers under the oversight of the elders and the minister, uh, and with the help of the deacons. Um, also, as a governmental structure, you, you become members of this society. It's why you need to join it. It is the place where you perform ministry to other believers. So church is a, it's a venue or a place where you're able to help your brother. And if you didn't come together with your brother, you might never know that he needed your help. It's a place for you to minister to your brother. So that's what a true church is. What sorts of things do you find in a true church? This is really easy. I'm not looking for complicated answers. Yes, Darren. That's right. Preaching God's word. That was the first thing. What else do you find? This is really simple. Yes, Grace. Prayer, yep. Keep going, Vinny. Singing, praise. So preaching, prayer, praise. Keep going. Sacraments. Baptism in the Lord's Supper. Do you, you know, I've heard of people baptizing someone in their tub. That's not right. You shouldn't do that. <laughs> Baptism occurs in the church. So too do the sacraments. Sometimes you hear people doing the Lord's Supper in a private Bible study. 
It's not right either. These things belong in the church. There's one other thing you find, though. And you've already said it, Ellie. Yes, Christians. Something you find in a true church is Christians. In other words, you find other people who are on your, uh, they are sharing your pursuit of heaven. You want to get to heaven and so do they. You read Pilgrim's Progress. I hope you have or your parents have read maybe Little Pilgrim's Progress to you. Christian had uh, friends and helpers along the way. He couldn't get there on his own and neither can you. You'll never get to heaven on your own. Listen to me. You need helpers. You need other Christians. In other words, it's not just you and Jesus. You're not the only disciple. There's a lot of other disciples, and you need the help of those disciples too. Why is the local church so important? I'm just checking the time here. We're doing fine. Why is the local church so important? I have three answers to that. I'm actually going to offer these answers, so I'm not asking you guys. The first reason is because God said so, and that should be enough for us. Who, uh, who builds the church? Does anyone remember? Yes. Yes, but can you be more specific? Who said, I will build my church? Grace. Yep. Do you remember who he said that to? Yes, but Peter specifically. Peter confessed him as the Lord and he said, Peter, you are, uh, you're no longer called Simon, but Peter, you are the rock and I, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not prevail. God builds the church. In particular, Jesus builds the church. I didn't know that was a song. What, what, what song is that? <laughs> Do we sing it here? Okay. Well, but that's it. That's it. God builds the church. And so we need to realize that the person who is most interested in worship uh, is God. Not us, but God. God loves the church more than you'll ever love the church. God promises to build the church and he promises that the gates of hell will never prevail against the church. And so the whole society can conspire together to shut down the church. It won't succeed. And we need to stand together in faith to God that he will keep the church going. What does God wish to find in the church? Very simple stuff, guys. Worship. God desires to be worshipped by his people. And so worship is important to God. If God is building the church and God is being praised in the church, do you know what that means? It means that when we gather together, God is present in our midst. When, when the sons of Korah say, how lovely are your dwelling places, O Lord, uh, Psalm 84, he speaks of the loveliness of God's dwelling places. Do you understand? Who dwells in these places? God, first and foremost. If we want to dwell with God, we need to dwell in his places. When Jesus in Matthew chapter 18 says, when two or three are gathered, I am there in your midst. When the believers gather to do his will, he is there. That's the first reason it's important. The second reason is because the things you find in the church, the preaching, the praise, the prayer, the sacraments, other Christians, you'll never find them anywhere else. Now, that is something which is certainly true. If you think that you can go off in the world and that you're going to thrive as a Christian without these things in your life, without preaching, without other Christians, without praise, you are in for a rude awakening and you will make a shipwreck of your faith. If you grow up and leave the church, you will forsake Christ. That is certain. 
That is certain. That is certain. The church is essential to your ongoing walk in faith. You will not find these things anywhere else. Yes. Yes. I, I don't hear me saying that you can't. That's the prodigal son. You know the story of the prodigal son. Okay, well, ask your parents to tell you that story. I don't have time to tell it right now. But uh, the son left, but then he came back. And that often happens. And, and I, I'm willing to bet one or two of you will leave the church. And you might, you might come back. But don't, don't try that. Okay, that's my encouragement to you. Don't say, well, I'm going to leave and take a little sin vacation. But when that's over, I'll come back in the church. I would not recommend you try. Because some people sin, they fall so deep into sin, they find they can't come back. Remember the man in the iron cage? That's also in Pilgrim's Progress. So you go far enough into sin and you become like Pharaoh. and Your heart is so hard, you can't repent. Like I said, I wouldn't recommend you try that. But yes, there are wonderful stories of people leaving the church and returning. So yes, don't hear me saying that you can't eventually get to heaven. I mean, you might leave and come back. But don't, don't you grow up, leave the church, and think that you'll, you'll go to heaven. You won't. You will not hold fast to Christ. The world, the world will shake you free of him. Number three. And I've pretty much been saying this all along. The Christian life is just too hard without the church. Remember what I said at the end of the last lesson? Can anyone remember? There was a subject I brought up at the very end. Christian life is full of temptation. Temptation. I mean, you're already learning it as little children, trust me. You are, as soon as you're let free from the, the sanctuary of your parents' home, you will be so bombarded with temptation, you just have no idea. And you don't have a chance without the church. You don't have a chance. You will fall so deeply into sin, you'll be so miserable. You will have a guilty, rotten conscience all of your life. The Christian life is too hard without the church. So you are promising two things in this. I'm going to read it again. Do you promise to participate faithfully in this church's worship and service, to submit in the Lord to its government, and to heed its discipline, even in case you should be found delinquent in doctrine or life? The first thing you're promising is faithful participation. You're saying, I want to be here. I don't want to be anywhere else. Coming to church is my priority and it is my commitment. And you're saying, you know what, even when I'm old enough that I'm going to be driving myself, I'm going to drive myself here. That's your promise. And guess what? If you don't keep that promise, you're going to be hearing from the elders. Because the second thing you're promising is that you will submit to the church and its government. Well, again, remind me, children, what is the government of the church? Who rules the church? Aside from Christ, obviously. Who are the governors of the church, Vinny? The elders. Well, they, not the deacons, but the elders. The deacons are more servants, but the elders are rulers. And that, they're the ones you're going to hear from. Hey, where have you been? You know, I don't just take role in this class. I take role on Sundays. Uh, and if someone misses two or more Sundays, I'm going to call them. I'm going to say, where have you been? What's going on? Uh, it's, it's, it's important to come to church, and that's something you're promising to do. But even more than that, when you promise that you will submit to the church and its government... What you're saying is, let's just look at it from the standpoint of the children, that I will listen when I am corrected. 
Okay, when your parents correct you, God has placed parents in authority over you, hasn't he? And God calls you in the fifth commandment to obey your parents. Do you realize that in the Bible, we're also called to obey our elders? Several passages of the Bible say that. When your elders correct you, do you know what often happens? Can anyone tell me? Yes, Grace. Yes, but something even worse, Finney. They run away. Adults run away. Don't. (laughs) There you go. And they get swallowed by fish. Don't you tell me what to do. That's what people say. Don't join the church. If that's what's in your heart, don't join the church. Joining the church says, God has commanded me to obey in the Lord my, my governors, my leaders, my elders. Now, if they're asking you to sin, do you have to listen? Never. You never sin for anybody. Don't sin for your parents. Now, don't get clever on me now and say, well, I don't think that's right, so I'm not going to do that. We're talking about real serious sin here. Yes, Ellie. That's right. If someone is telling you to sin, you don't ever listen to that person. But if you're holding on to your sin and you don't want to listen to that person and you run away, that's an even worse sin. Uh, So you are promising that if you are caught in sin, that you're going to listen. You're going to listen. We as elders are not constantly correcting the members, okay? But when someone is erring into sin in one way or another, and one little way, like I said, is, hey, you know, come to church. Sometimes people get really weak in their church attendance. We say, listen, you need to do better in your church attendance. That might be one small way. Or we notice... Uh, you know, maybe we just see you running through the church and we say, hey, slow down. Could be as simple as that. Yes, sir. That's what you're promising. It's things like that. So, do you promise to participate faithfully? You're going to come to church and that you're going to listen. To submit in the Lord to its government. Again, the elders heed its discipline, even in case you should be found delinquent in doctrine or life. The church says you are in the wrong you have committed a sin and you are the wrong, in the wrong. It is time to heed what the church has to say and to repent. Not to just run away. You might get swallowed by a fish, as Vinny says. All right, are we clear? Do you guys have any questions about that? The fifth one is the most practical. And it's the one people, I don't think people really mean when they say yes. They might mean the first four, but they get to number five. And, uh, and typically when people run into a problem in the church, they just leave. That's not what a church is. A church is a family. It's a fellowship. And so you're meant to work things out. What if your brother sins against you? Don't leave then either. You're supposed to work it out with your brother. Maybe with the help of the elders. Maybe with the help of other brothers. I, I, hope, I hope I'm putting this simply enough that you guys are able to grasp it. Um, do you have any questions? Now, I'm going to do this whole class again next year sometime. So this is not your only chance to get it. We're also recording these, so you can listen to them again with your parents. But I'm going to do it all over again next spring or next fall. We might do it twice next year, but we're going to do it all over again. Yes, Ellie? You don't? Okay, I thought I saw you raise your hand. All right, that's it. We're going to, I'm going to profess faith to you next week. Let me pray, and then we'll be done. Father, we thank you for the church. We ask you that you would create in these children a desire for the church, a love for the church, and even a willingness to submit to its leadership and, and to make that profession uh, uh, in a good, a good conscience and truthfully.
We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.